0: Acts chapter 8, now we're going to be using our Bibles, our Bibles let's preface that. but uh, more than normal, more of this, uh, we've been do, going through more of a topical type on Wednesday night. We're staying with that theme in mind of uh, our, our witness for the Lord, but tonight with the idea of everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. If you'll follow along with me, we'll read just this one verse, and then we'll continue on. Acts 8, 4 says, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere. You see those two words? Everywhere. Preaching the word. They went everywhere. And so with that theme in mind and that pattern in mind of The church at Jerusalem. And I don't believe this was just the pastors. I believe this was everyone. Preaching the gospel. I think sometimes we think that. Preaching is done behind a pulpit. And it it is. But that's not the only place. Preaching can take place. To preach is to herald forth. The message. To speak forth the message. So. You can give the message to someone on the sidewalk. And in a sense, that's preaching, in a sense. And so, I pray that the Lord will help us with this tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for your your great grace in our life. And please help us in this few moments that we have in your word, and then we go into our prayer time. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to ask for some feedback here in a little bit. Do you have an extra pen, please? So be ready. No. Oh, well, you're going to need a pen. Here, we'll see if somebody. Oh, there's one. There's one. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't have one. I have one in almost every suit coat. Thank you. It's fitting. Oh, (laughs) good. It's fitting. So, some. I'm going to want some feedback from you here in just a few minutes, and I'll need to write them in too. So, to start off, it is very important that every Christian, that every Christian, circle that word every, every. Okay? This is not for the pastor. This is not for the whoever you think of. It's for everyone. It's important that every Christian be able to explain from the Word of God how anyone can know that they have eternal life. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I want you to think about that. Uh, Could you do that? Could you take somebody through the Bible? It doesn't have to be a specific plan that, you know, you're following. It could be a whole, you know, I I have a little plan that I follow, but it, it varies all the time. But the point is, could you get people through the very important parts of the gospel and, and show them from the Bible how they could know they're on their way to heaven. Now, that's, that's something we should be striving for. And by the way, it's not, don't, don't use the excuse that I'm, I'm shy, okay? Because it's not about you. And it's not about somebody who's not shy. You say, I don't have the gift of gab. It's not about the gift of gab because we're going to see here in a little bit that it's not about someone who's eloquent in speech or someone who's not because it's, that's, that's not anything at all, uh, and, and we'll see why here in a little bit. So this is not limited to church services or times of scheduled church outreach. We must be prepared anywhere and everywhere. In other words, what we're talking about here tonight is being I heard someone say this many years ago, being soul conscious. Aware of people. And that's number one. How can we develop an attitude? How can we develop an everywhere attitude? How can we develop an everywhere attitude? Number one, see people as souls. We can't see them as a tattooed 350 pound biker that's not how we should see them we should not see them as a green haired multi pierced wearing uh, ear, nose, lip, tongue when you see them, that's not how we should see them we should not see them as a businessman, we should not see them as a uh, corporate, you know, someone. We should not see them as a whatever. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm getting at, okay? We need to ask the Lord, and this doesn't come naturally, because naturally, all I see are the tattoos. Naturally, all I see is the green hair. That's the first thing I see, and then I'm immediately saying, oh, green hair. That's Natural. All I see is the, you know, I don't know how you could go through a metal detector with all that metal on, huh? But that's what I see. But that's natural. But I don't want to be natural. I want to be godly, right? Do you want to be godly? I want to be godly. In other words, I want to be spiritual. I don't want to look at somebody because they look a certain way and make a, I want to look at them as. Jesus looked at people. And maybe you know these, maybe you're very familiar, but let's go to Matthew 9 because we see how Jesus viewed people. And we have a lot of people in Vancouver that can be viewed this way. Matthew chapter 9. So number one, how do we get this attitude? Okay, We must see people as souls. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. I mean, he was going everywhere. And the Bible says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they had fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And that's what we have in 2023 is it looks a little different than what he saw, probably physically speaking, but we still have the same problem today. We have people that are fainting, that are scattered, and they don't have a shepherd. They don't have the Savior. And they're trying anything and everything to find fulfillment, that's why they have those things that I just mentioned a moment ago in some cases because they're trying to be accepted, they're trying to be included, they're trying to be loved by the group. And the group said, hey, let's get, a, let's get a, another earring, and so I get another earring, or I get another ta- let's get another tattoo, and so I get another tattoo because I just want to be accepted by the group or whatever it may be in the business world. You know, let's uh, let's just cheat a little bit over here a little bit more and it'll help the whole company. And so I cheat a little bit more and I have to help the whole company. What I'm what I'm saying is people are so willing to just go along and and they're really they're gullible because we are all sheep, aren't we? People are sheep, but we need a shepherd. And Jesus said, I want to be that shepherd. It's not just for eternal life. This is why I'm so I'm so um, thankful that jesus didn't just save me to take me to heaven he saved me to be my shepherd now he saved me to lead me through challenging times to lead me through whatever it might be and oh people are just and and if i'm I'm speaking to you tonight i'm speaking to someone online tonight that you're a christian i hope you realize that jesus is is for us and with us and he's right beside the father tonight ready to intercede on our behalf Not just so that we can go to heaven someday, so that we can have that great shepherd now. So we must, number one, we must see people as souls. Turn over just a few pages if we're going to develop this everywhere attitude. This everywhere attitude. Number, uh, not number two yet, Matthew 16 Matthew sixteen, verse twenty six. For what is a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world, and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for a soul? And we could we could come up with a long list right now about that question, couldn't we? So many people have given this in exchange for their soul, and they had, gratis, they, they had some, some sort of gratis, um, uh, satisfaction, gratification, that's the word I was looking for, gratification, it was temporary though. We give a little definition of the soul, the life of a person, it, it serves as the command center for the person, so this is why we're, we're not just looking at the actions of the person, it goes deeper than that. But this is one way that we can begin to have an attitude of everywhere, of everywhere. You know, think about think about the last 24 hours of your life. And maybe, how many people did we come into contact with? Uh, obviously, some, I mean, they're just whizzing by us. But in some cases, we actually ca- Came into contact with people. That leads me to number two. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is where I need some feedback because my blanks are blank like yours. Okay, on my uh, notes here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So we're going to see people as souls because that's what they are. The body is going to die regardless. So the soul will not i guess it will die in hell if it goes to hell but it'll still be alive in a sense 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 14 for ye brethren became followers of the churches of god which in judea are in christ jesus for ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen even as they have of the Jews so number two how do we develop an everywhere attitude number two look for opportunities look for opportunities So, what does this mean? Look for opportunities. So, if we're going and seeing people as souls, taking it to the next level, what could be, and I'm asking for your feedback, what could be, I'm talking about normal daily life now, what is an opportunity that we might have that God would give us? What could be an opportunity to speak of Christ? Just in our everyday life. Yes. Oh. So, a wrong number, possibly for wrong motives, but Mrs. Molina says, I gave him the gospel. That's what we're talking about. Most, most, uh, most times, I have to speak for myself. I appreciate your patience and faith. You know, for me, it's, you know, good night. And I used to be a telemarketer. That's, great, that's a great example. Okay, that's what we're talking about. What else? Opportunities. What's an Opportunity. Another opportunity. That's, that's an opportunity. Yes, sir. The mailman. Yeah, sure. He's walking up to the house. He's a soul. You're there at the same time. That's an opportunity. Again, we're looking at someone as a soul. So, you know, obviously we're running by people at the store. That's going to be a little bit harder. But eventually, if we're buying something, we are going to leave that store. So that is is an immediate opportunity not to to take your Bible out and witness to the cashier for five minutes. She's on the clock. But that's an opportunity to give a gospel tract. So again, carry tracks so that we can give them out. But yes, anybody is an opportunity. Let's let's think about it a little bit deeper, maybe. So somebody at on the phone, the mailman, somebody at the uh, the, the, the the store is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, she said that, uh, Beck said that she got a text message, almost the s- uh, same idea, but in text form, you know, hi, how are you, or whatever. <laughs> so, she took a picture of the front and back of the track and sent it to the number. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Somebody else, opportunities. Okay, sure. Yeah, if you have a social media account, you can put the gospel on your feed. You can put a gospel track on there. You can, you know, I I know some in recent, I've seen recently uh, where people write out their testimony, and they they say that, you know, this is how I I got saved, and they write out their testimony for all their friends and family to read. So, yeah, sure, okay. Look for opportunities. Someone else. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. So someone that's, someone that's, you know, maybe panhandling or something. Is that what, you're, is that what you meant? And, and, and use that as an opportunity to, to care for them. They are obviously in that boat of uh, someone who needs a, a shepherd. But showing, showing compassion. Yep, you can go to specific places. Ezra? I couldn't hear you. Uh, Facebook, sure, yep. You can use Facebook, yep. Social media, yep, good. Okay. So, as we're looking and we're seeing that people have a living soul, look for opportunities throughout your day to hand out a gospel tract. And by the way, well, again, we'll get to number four. I'm, I'm kind of getting to number four, so. I wrote this down. Maybe you want to write it down. I wrote it down after the, after the fact. When someone expresses that they have a need, I don't know, maybe this wouldn't happen very often, but you never know. Could be at work. I don't know. When someone expresses they have a need and they just say, you say to someone, you know, how are you doing today? Maybe it's a neighbor or it's a coworker. And, and, and you're initiating the conversation is, you know, how are you? And they decide to go ahead and tell you a need. That's an opportunity. What is that an opportunity for? It's not necessarily an opportunity for you to preach to them, but here's what it's an opportunity to do. It's an opportunity to pray right there. Just stop the presses. You know what? I'd like to pray for you right now about that need. Whatever they shared. Because, you know, some people will really open up. And so what is that doing? I'll tell you what that's doing. That is pulling down a wall. But the next time, if it's somebody that you know, especially, but even if it's a stranger. I've done that before. I'm not saying I'm, I'm good, and I'm not saying I, I, I should have done it more. But I, I, I want to get into that thinking and habit of when a need comes up, Immediately, you know what? Let's pray about it. Could I pray with you? And um, opportunities, opportunities. Okay, let's go to, let's go to John 1. This kind of goes along with that, kind of as we ended that. We're, we're looking at ways to develop an everywhere attitude. Okay? Because witnessing for, for Christ, giving the gospel should not be delegated to one day a week, one morning a week, it's seven days a week, wherever we go. We are to be delivering the truth of the gospel. Look what it says, John 141. He first findeth his own who? His own brother. Who is this? Who found his brother? Simon. Simon is the brother, Simon Peter, but who found Simon? Andrew. Number three steward or develop all relationships steward or develop all relationships we go to Acts chapter 2 and we don't read about Andrew preaching a sermon but we read about Peter preaching one but it's because there was a relationship built Between, yeah, I mean, they're brothers, I get that, but I think it's still applicable to see that there's obviously a trust between Peter and Andrew that he says, hey, Simon, come with me. We have found the Messiah, which being interpreted the Christ, 42, and he brought him to Jesus. So Peter goes, Simon Peter goes with Andrew. Obviously, there's a there's a relationship, there's a, there's a physical relationship there. But I think we can use that as a great illustration. Now we're talking about people that we do meet. Now we're talking about people that we do live beside. Now we're talking about people that we work with. Now we're talking about people that, again, they might, <clears throat> it might be our brother, it might be our sister, it might be a mom, a dad. And obviously, those relationships are naturally there regardless. But some of them that aren't necessarily uh, family, there's opportunities to develop those relationships. Again, we're having a mindset of everywhere, 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 everywhere. So how do we do this? Okay, the first dot. Pray. We pray. We pray for that relationship. If you have someone tonight, some of you on the prayer page, and I'm going to be, Bible study is going to end here in just a moment, and we're going to go just right into our prayer time um, without necessarily taking a lot of requests. You can give them requests to me afterwards if you have some. But some of us tonight on the harvest field have people that we're praying for to be saved. I want you. I want to encourage you tonight. Or... It, or it, If you don't have anyone on here, that's okay, Uh, but a lot of us do, okay? And let's take part of our prayer time tonight, and let's pray for the relationships that are listed on this page. Maybe it's not a good relationship between you and this individual, so let's pray that God would use a restored relationship with you and that individual to bring in an opportunity for them to hear Christ from you once again. Okay, so how do we steward relationships? How do we develop relationships? And I'm not talking about just siblings or family. I'm talking about every relationship that we might have. And maybe it's the person that cuts your hair. Maybe you have the same person cut your hair every time. That's a relationship. A barber or whatever you call them. (laughs) You know, that's a relationship. Uh, Maybe you go to the same whatever. I, I don't know. Somebody that you see on a regular basis. You, may, you you know, that's, a, so pray for them, okay? Now, here's another big one. Number two, how do we develop the relationship? Number two, maintain a godly testimony. You can't expect someone to listen to you if you're constantly, let's say, having a bad attitude at work. Forget it. You almost don't even want to tell them you're a Christian. I'm sorry to even say that. I know that sounds terrible. Maybe you need to go to them and you need to apologize first and say, I am a Christian and there's no reason for me to have done that. Why? Because our goal isn't to win them to ourselves. Our goal is to win them to Christ. But we can be in the way of that. Satan will use me, if, if if if, if he wants to, he'll try to use me to get in the way of someone hearing the gospel. So I'm not trying to win them over to myself, but I want to maintain a godly testimony. I like this statement. We will have opportunities to tell the gospel as well as live the gospel. And by the way, you might live the gospel in front of that person and somebody else might be the one that tells them. Both are needed. It doesn't mean that we just live and we don't speak. It means we do both. But I don't want to ruin it for the next guy. I don't want to have a bad attitude and they know that's a Christian and then the next person that tries to go a little bit further with them, they're going to remember, you know, Hothead Turner. So, see, we've got to pray, but we've also got to pray and maintain a godly testimony. Both are important. Now, let's go to Acts 8, our last one. And honestly, I, I don't know if there's an order of importance, but I think this might be number one, actually, in order of importance. I think you'll know what I'm saying when we, when we talk about it. One of, my, one of my favorite Bible stories in the whole Bible is in Acts chapter 8. Maybe, you, maybe it's a, a, fun, a good one for you, too. Acts 8, 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Number four, if we're going to develop an everywhere attitude, number four, obey every Prompting of the Holy Spirit. Obey every prompting of the Holy Spirit. Philip is in the middle of an evangelistic crusade, as we would call it. People are being saved like crazy. Revival is really breaking out. We would look at it and we would say that they would stay there. You can see it. You can read it for yourself. The previous verses of of Acts chapter 8, you can see that. Great things were happening, and yet here's a prompting from the angel of the Lord to Philip. Philip, I want you to go to the desert of all places. I want you to leave the city where all the people are. And I want you to go to the desert. You know, there's been so many times that I know God has been leading some way and it doesn't make sense to me. You can't, we can't try to figure out God. We've got to obey the prompting. And by the way, Satan isn't going to have you go give a gospel tract to somebody. So just get that. We got to put that to the side, right? Philip, I want you to go to the desert. When you go to the desert, you're going to meet. Well, I don't even know. He doesn't even tell him who he's going to meet. He just says, go there. (laughs) Verse 26. And I think many of you know the rest of the story. He meets the Ethiopian eunuch. Just so happens, right, just so happens that the Ethiopian eunuch is reading from the book of Isaiah. Just so happens. You know, it happens because God is always working on both ends. We've said that before, haven't we? God is always working on both ends. In other words, God is working on my heart to say, go talk to that man, and God is working on that man's heart or that lady's heart At the same time, in whatever way, maybe it's tragedy, maybe it's health problem, maybe it's just that morning they decided, you know what, we need to go back to church. And that night, God had me go over. I'm not saying this happened, I'm just saying this is how God works on both ends. God was working on both ends. The the angel of God said, go to Gaza, the desert, and the Ethiopian eunuch had just left Most people believe a very religious man, and he's reading the Bible. Go figure. It's because God works on both ends, always. And you can read down through the rest of it and see the miracle that takes place. Down through verse 35. So number one, we must see people as souls. We've got to look past all of the paint. We've got to look past all of the jewelry. We've got to look past all the fancy clothes and the importance and all that. And we've got to realize there's a soul in there. And we've got to say, God, I want opportunities. And if you ask for opportunities, I know God is going to answer that request. And then I've got to steward every relationship that God gives me. And you know what? I would get in the habit of asking people, maybe even asking people at work. I was going to say this earlier and I forgot to, going and asking people, hey, Joe, do you have anything I can pray with you about? Now, if you don't know whether they're you got a duck or pucker, you know, be careful, <laughs> no. But if you have any kind of a relationship built with a coworker, you you know you can go to them and say, you know what? God laid you on my heart. If, if God laid you on their heart, or if God, if God did lay them on your heart, don't lie. But if God puts, and that's a thing too, if God, that's a prompting of the Holy Spirit, by the way, if God puts a coworker on your heart and you're not even at work, the next day when you get there, write a note, send a reminder to yourself, whatever, and just say to them, you know what, last night, at whatever time, for some reason, God put you on my heart. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Again, God is working on both ends. Look for opportunities. Steward and develop relationships. Obey every prompting of the Holy Spirit. Here's just a last thought on this. Being an effective witness can be condensed to one word. Being an effective witness can be condensed to one word, obedience. Doesn't mean we don't need the Holy Spirit's help. We do. But I'm saying, unless we obey, we're never going to have the Holy Spirit's help. To obey is better than sacrifice. And so I, I'd ask that we would just spend some time praying, meditating on these four thoughts, and let's see what God will do. God wants people to be saved, He's not willing that any should perish. So it's not a matter of following just this formula, but it's something to get us thinking. See people as souls, look for opportunities steward and develop those relationships and then obey every prompting of the Holy Spirit of God believe me I believe we'll see people more people getting saved not for the sake of building a church but for the sake of building God's kingdom because we're pointing people to Christ